This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I think about trying to accomplish something in my life, I like to envision what it looks like in the end once I accomplish it. I am one of those people that at the beginning of each year, I don't necessarily set resolutions, but goals, things that I want to accomplish during the year. And I like to envision what my life will look like once those goals are accomplished. And I've taken that to Christmas this year. What does Christmas look like for me in my life? And I begin to daydream about my perfect Christmas. What does that look like? Well, for me, part of it is what happens here at Prince of Peace. I start to imagine what the sanctuary looks like with all of our decorations. I I look and start to imagine our pews filled with people eager to hear about the Christmas story. I start to hear music that Jeff plays and the choir sings. I think about singing Silent Night with everyone as we light our candles. And I start to really feel the love that is in this place with family and friends surrounding one another. And for me, that's a part of Advent. Preparing ourselves thinking about what happens that night on Christmas Eve when the Christ child enters into our hearts, into our homes during the most wonderful time of the year. But today, while we prepare for Christmas, for Christ's birth, our time is really just spread out from one thing to another. 
with get-togethers, with buying presents, family gatherings, everything that we do, we feel stretched in. So it's, it's hard for us to think about and really begin to prepare for Christmas Eve because of all the other things that we have to do. Our gospel this week challenges us to define ourselves on hope. Not on the things that we have done, but to dream a a larger dream as we prepare the way of the Lord. Preparing the way of the Lord. And what does it mean for us to prepare that way? Well, John the Baptist says what that means for us is to repent for the kingdom of God has come near. Now, when I'm going to be honest with you, when I think about this, this phrase from John the Baptist and everything that John the Baptist says, and this is a traditional reading that we have on the second Sunday of Advent, This idea of repentance is not high on my list of a perfect Christmas, right? It's not on the things that I think about when I think about Christmas and all the things that I want to do on Christmas Eve. Unless we think about and look at repentance a different way. Repentance is not just about saying sorry to God for all the things that we have done wrong. Repentance is about a redirection, a reorientation, a change of perspective in our life. It's a commitment to turn things around, to live life a little differently. It's about letting the word of God enter our hearts and having God change the very fiber of our souls. If we look at repentance this way, then maybe when we gather here for worship, when we celebrate the coming of Christ with one another, maybe repentance does fit in to that perfect Christmas idea. So it is when we gather together for worship, we do confess our sins. We do think about all the things that we have done, all the things that we have left undone. And we reorient ourselves to focus on Christ's coming. This Advent, we have hope. We experience it by inviting each other to dream about the adventures that God has for us as individuals, but also for us as a community of faith. And I believe this passage that we read this morning is important because it is a life-changing passage to think about what it means to reorient ourselves to focus on Christ. And how many times have we read a certain piece of Scripture in our life to And have it actually change the way we live our life. This was a topic of conversation that I've had recently with a couple of colleagues of mine. What are some of those 
pieces of scripture that when we read it, we see things in a totally different way. And one of those times for me when I read something, when I heard something, when I experienced scripture that drastically changed the way I viewed my life and the way that I lived my life was at my ordination. And it, there are certain parts of scripture that I do remember from that day. One of the ones it was, is from the reading that we have this morning from Isaiah 11. A shoot to come out from the stump of Jesse, a branch that shall grow on his roots. The spirit of the Lord rests on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but he should judge with righteousness. Remembering those words from Scripture, especially at my ordination service, and what it means for me when I do ministry. When I am called by God to go out into the world and live the world with the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of might and the counsel of the Lord. And how I, as a Christian, as a pastor, are not to judge the world or others by what I see or what do I hear, but judge others with this idea of righteousness. The spirit of the Lord is upon all of us during this Advent season. And we all have an opportunity to take in that word of God and to make a covenant, a promise to God that we are not only going to change what we experience, but change how we interact with the world. Because it's easy for us to go out and to judge by what we see and hear. It's much harder to experience righteousness in all that we do. Jim Yerge was my was a preacher at my ordination service and one of my sponsors when I became a pastor. And during uh, his sermon, he said this. He said, service to God, the true service of a covenant people is not and has never been a matter of just doing something. It's becoming something. Our confession, our faith, our repentance, our baptism, our communion together our worship, our acts of service and charity, the way that we care for one another are all vehicles for transformation. We cannot be the people of God if we struggle to find God in our daily lives. This is a covenant that we make with God. It's a simple covenant, but it's really hard to truly live out. But on God's part, there is a promise. And I recognize this promise in perhaps what is my all-time, if you were to ask me, what is my all-time favorite scripture passage? It is in Isaiah chapter 43. 
But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. God says this to us. When you pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. When you walk through the rivers, God promises that they will not overwhelm us. When you walk through fire, God says, you will not be burned. The flame will not consume you. The Holy One, the God that comes to us during this Christmas season as a baby lying in a manger says to each and every one of us, you are precious in my sight. God says, I am honored to be a part of your life. And God says to each and every one of us, I love you for who you are. And it is in thanksgiving that we experience this love. And the covenant that God makes with us says that no matter what happens, God will never, ever leave us. So during this time, the season of Advent, we have the opportunity to make room in our lives as we walk with Christ, as we worship together, as we hear the word of God. But even more so, we experience Christ in the people that we meet in the world, by the people that we help. And when we do that, when we experience that, it starts to transform us from the inside out. And even during those times when we are not successful, we have the assurance that God continues to love us and that we are precious in God's sight. So when we gather together every Sunday, when we gather together on Christmas Eve, when we are surrounded by our friends and family, when we sing Silent Night together, when we envision this place transformed by Christmas and witness the people that will be in this space with us, we know that we have an opportunity to repent, to confess our sins. And then we hear the assurance that God loves us. We can imagine what Christmas will be when we listen for the word of God coming to us, when we discover the importance of scripture in our, way, in our life, and we discover new ways of thinking about how God loves us. And we can go out and share that story to inspire other people to hear that story, want to know more about the God that changes our lives each and every day. What an amazing God we have. Amen.